I feel like there are some of us here today that are busy doubting, that have become so wrapped up in their doubt, so wrapped up in their hopelessness, so wrapped up in their insecurities, in all their worries, in their fears, in their anxiety, that it just clings to them and that it's enwrapping them in this blanket of doubt and of worry. And that they've lost so much hope that they just look at every negative thing that comes their way. I feel like there are some of you listening today that maybe, just maybe, you're hoping and praying for a miracle, but you don't have enough faith inside of you to even pray that. That it's just a mental memoir in your head of maybe I should pray for this, but you're already so doubting that prayer that you don't even take the steps to get on your knees and pray. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've become so doubtful of your calling, so doubtful of your gifts that God has given you, that the gifts that he's placed inside of you that once used to bring you to life and bring you joy and just would make you come to life as God created, that now you can't even look at those things without getting this stressful anxiety personality setting in of, I can't touch that, I can't do it, I will already fail. So therefore, you fail before you even start and try. Some of us are listening to the lies, to the lies of the enemy. And the enemy isn't always the devil. The enemy is anyone or anything that gets in the way of the calling and the path that God has for you. The enemy can be your friends that are trying to bring you down back to your level when God is trying to take you to new levels. The enemy can be your family when they're telling you, no, don't do that career, won't make you money, when in reality, that's where God wants you to go. The enemy can be yourself. When you look in the mirror and you're like, I do not look good today. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. That person over there is better than me. The enemy is anything that tries to deter you from the calling that God has placed on your life. You are doubting what God has gifted you and has called you to do. It is an abandonment of faith. It's the apostasy. Doubt will bring isolation of destruction because that's what doubt does. Doubt isolates you. It gets you to close up. It gets you to stop being vulnerable with yourself, vulnerable with others, vulnerable with your community of believers that you used to go to every week. Because it starts to cripple you. And it blooms in isolation. It blooms when you are alone. When right now with Corona and all that, we got them quarantining everyone. You are stuck at home pretty much. And it is blooming. People are sicker mentally than they ever have been before. It is a worldwide crisis of isolation. Because we weren't made to live in isolation. It is not good for man to be alone. Yet we are more isolated than ever, especially here in America. We are the most connected social media wide, yet we are the most isolated face to face. Because we have this doubt that people will not like us. We have this fear of rejection that we have rejected ourselves before we even give the world a chance to see our true colors. Because here's the thing. Doubt is just backed up by lies. Doubt is just backed up by insecurity. Doubt is backed up by worries and anxieties of what ifs. But with God, what if does not exist. 
With God, it is not what if, it is when. When God moves, mountains crumble. When God speaks, the world is silent. When you kneel before God, you can stand before men. He has placed inside of you his courage. 365 times in the Bible, it is quoted, do not be afraid, do not fear. Yet right now in America, we are more fearful than ever. We are filled with these doubts. We are filled with these lies that we just eat up like a three-course meal 24-7 because we are not replacing the lies with the truth of the scripture. When lies are confronted with truth, they are threatened. Lies are threatened by truth. Lies are threatened by God's word. The devil is the father of lies. He has been lying since the beginning and he will lie to the end. So when you start to confront those worries and your fears in your mind, they become threatened. Which is why you start to shut down and where those anxiety and panic attacks come in. Because you realize in your core and core of hearts that you might actually have to confront those things that you are worried about. That you will have to bring them to light and unmask them for what they really are. Unmask them for the monsters they have started to bloom and create inside of you, for the weeds that have taken root. And the longer you let them sit there and flourish and fester, the more they will infect you, the more they will poison your mind. And before you know it, you won't even be able to do the things that you once loved to do without being crippled by fear. Because fear will kill you. But here's the beauty about truth. The beauty about God's truth. The beauty about God's word, his living, breathing word. It is never threatened when confronted. It flourishes. It brings life when it is confronted. It is a living, breathing thing that gives you a breath of fresh air, of living, drinking water. It quenches that thirst. It calms your soul because it is written by the master of peace who put you together, spirit, soul, and body. God even says, on the other hand, don't be gullible, but check out everything. Take it back to scripture. It is God's word above everything else. And don't let anyone shake you for your faith in Christ. God gives you everything you need and makes you everything you're to be. God does not give you anything that will leave you lacking. He gives you everything you need to be successful, to be a conqueror, to be victorious. Victorious in him, not for our glory, but for his glory. Yet we are so often in our culture trying to do things on our own strength, trying to be independent on our own. Because our culture pushes this independent, you can do it, you got this, you go do it, you, you, you. We have you created idols of ourselves. We become idols and gods of ourselves that says, no, I got this. I can do this. I will be successful. I will be valorous. That's not how God created us to be. We are not called to be independent. We are called to be codependent with the Lord. We are called to have a monologue of a dialogue with him, not a monologue of us talk, 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 but a dialogue between us and God and us shut up sometimes and let God speak to us. We are called to soar like eagles. What sets eagles apart from any other bird is that they fly higher than any other bird. They soar. They see their prey from a mile away. They have 
discernment like no other. And that is how God calls us to live, to be discerning, to see those traps that the evil tries to set up to get us to trip and fall, to fly higher than any other height. Because the world and those enemies that you have set up even in your own mind will try to take you back down to the low levels. But God wants to take you to higher levels. God wants you to climb those mountains to get to those mountaintops, to get to those mountaintop highs. And yes, you will experience valley lows after those mountaintops. Every Bible character has experienced it. And God wants to take you to those higher levels. A thing with eagles is that they fly into the storm where other birds fly away. We are called to walk through those trials. It is through the trials that our faith is tested and it is through those trials that our faith can then be trusted. It is where the refinement happens. God disciplines his children. God does not bring upon trials, but he wants you to go through trials. He allows them. And if God allows them, then he knows that with him, you're going to be able to conquer it. See, God's going to give you something more than you can handle. This whole thing that our world tries to push of God's not going to give me more than I can handle, that is a lie. God's going to give you more than you can swallow, so that way you have to lean on him for strength. That way you can't do it in your own strength. And it is when you try to do it in your own strength that you fall short. And you fall back in fear because the worries and the doubts start to try to swallow you up again. God wants you to create, to be a maker, not a monster of worry. Therefore, God says, think about whatever is lovely, pure, good. Because he knows the power of your mind. Your words are the forerunners of your life. Your words and your thoughts dictate your life. He knows that words are powerful. He spoke and sung the world into existence. That's how powerful they are. That's why he says, speak what is good, not of his evil. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Don't just be a babbling fool. But to speak with wisdom, to speak with courage, to speak with discernment. And do not be shaken in your faith and do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. So a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Your heart is wicked above all else. That's why you need to fill it with the truth and discern it with the truth and take it back to the truth of the scriptures. That's why you need to restrain yourself to speak and talk in the ways of the Lord. God will direct you and God will define you. God will give you. And brings God brings the best out of you. He develops a well-formed maturity in you. Because everything comes from him. Everything happens through him. Everything ends up in him. Always glory. Always praise. Place your life as an offering before God. I want to do and create everything to exemplify and glorify Christ. Doubt can be discouraged. Doubt can be defeated when faced with truth, when faced with God's truth. Yet we are too busy trying to fight physical battles with just empty words. We're trying to fight spiritual battles with empty spiritual words. We are not walking with the armor that God has called us to walk in. We are not living the life he has called us to live. We are lukewarm, expecting his strength when 
we're not really trusting. See, there's far more to this life than just trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him. And the suffering as much as a gift is trusting. God took us, formed us, took us out of our sin and placed us in a new country, heaven's country. Because of Christ. And there's no turning back once you hit that. You can't live a lukewarm life. You can't expect to just be saved once, get your ticket to heaven and be good with that. That's not enough to keep feeding for the rest of your life. That's not a relationship with him. You can't, you don't expect to go to somebody's house that you just met for the first time and be let in. No, it's an ongoing relationship of years and years of talking and of dedication. That's why so many people have this fear of doubt of, what if I get to the gates of heaven and he doesn't let me in? Because they don't have a relationship. Walk in the truth of God. Walk in the faith and the courage that he has blessed you with. Stand steadfast in him. Have a sound mind of peace. God tells us over and over to fill our mind, to have a sound mind of peace. Let his peace wash over you because he knows that the first thing the devil goes after is your mind, is your thoughts. Because if he can destroy you there, he doesn't even have to try to do it physically because he already got you mentally. God wants to give you a life of fresh air, not a timid, grave-tending life, but an eventually expectant life with an unbelievable inheritance. So what are you doubting today? What is filling your mind up so badly with the doubt that you can't even stand firm in the truth that you've been given, that you read your Bible and you're just like, wow, that's a pretty nice Bible quote to put on Instagram. But you don't take it for the seriously knife-sharp, double-edged sword that it is. It is stronger than any other force, spiritual or physical. It is God's word, his life-bred spoken word. When he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, he doesn't mean, okay, on Sunday you're fearfully and wonderfully made, but the rest of the week you look like trash. That's not what God says. God doesn't say, yeah, okay, be fearless, go walk in courage, but you know what? You can go worry about this. That's why he says to think and pray and rejoice always. The shortest book in the Bible, the shortest verse in the Bible is rejoice always. And you might be thinking it's Jesus wept, but the original Bible wasn't written in English. It was written in Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. And in that language, it is only 14 letters, not 16, where Jesus wept is 16. So therefore, the shortest verse in the Bible says to rejoice always. It is a commandment from the Lord to rejoice because when you are rejoicing, when you have a heart filled with gratitude, you are not weeping, you are not complaining, you are not doubting. When you live with a heart of gratitude and you are thanking the Lord, you will find that your life is so much better instantly. Like, yes, there's still going to be problems. There's still going to be suffering, but you will have a new mindset. You will not feel this weight of heaviness on your soul, but instead you will feel a new breath of life. God's life. You will look at him now with open eyes. Your eyes are light to your body. 
When you live squinty-eyed, your life will be full of mustiness. But when you live open-eyed and expecting to the things of God, you will walk in his light. You will run and soar on wings of eagles. That is what the Bible says. That is what the Bible promises. And God doesn't leave an empty promise. He has a perfect track record of keeping his promises, and he's not going to dare screw up that track record on someone like us. So you can be fully expectant that he will see you through, that you can have confidence that God will keep his word because he is the I am. He is the God of the living, not God of the dead. That is why when you live for Christ, you're not living to die, you're living to live. You're living to live a spacious, free life in him. And if you love him, you will keep his commands. And when you keep his commands, you are walking in his truth. You are rejoicing always. You are keeping your thoughts on things and above. Yes, we will fall short. Yes, we will have those times of despair. But that is where God wants us to turn our thoughts back to him, to focus back on him. Because when the enemy gets you in this mindset of doubt, when the enemy gets you in this mindset of woe is me, I cannot do it, has you beaten. Because you will shut yourself up in this house of despair inside your mind. You will cover these walls with lies and of every doubt and worry told from you from the third grade when your teacher said you were stupid. He will bring it back to use it against you. But guess what? The devil has just an empty loaded gun that he's threatening you with. Because when you get in your Bible, you're going to see that those lies are just empty words. That they really hold no power over you unless you give the enemy that power to hold them over you. Remember, the enemy is anyone that keeps you from the calling God has placed on your life. That stops you from the path God has called you to walk on. So maybe it's time to clean house. And don't just clean house and think you're good. No, you need a clean house and you need to fill it with things that are good and things that are lovely. Because if not, when you clean out that one thing, the, the enemy is going to bring back seven more bad things to fill your empty, dust-free house with if you don't fill it with things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are good. So it's time to take a stand today, to sit quiet, to get alone. And so many of us are afraid of getting alone and just sitting quiet with the Lord. But we're willing to be alone and watch Netflix for hours. We're willing to be alone and just scroll Facebook for hours. We're willing to be alone with all these distractions but we're not willing to be alone with the Lord. And maybe it's time that we get alone and we get quiet and we get out our Bibles and we get out a pen and a paper and we start copying down the truths of God. We start listening and silencing our worries and fears and listening to what he has to say to us. That we start writing down our whys. Why am I so afraid to pick up this? Why am I so afraid to speak those words of encouragement? Why am I so afraid to stand strong and stand firm on the truth of God? Why? Start unrooting those things that are being threatened with the why. For years as a child, you asked questions of why this, why that. The world tells you to stop questioning, but God always wants you to question. And he has an answer for everything. And it might not be an answer you like, because understanding that things of God takes persistent growth. And even then, we might not always understand everything of his. Because he is God and his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But the antidote to panic is prayer. 
The antidote to this worry is worship. Prayer is the strongest weapon we have. Jesus made time to pray. So how much more important is it for us? Is it for you to spend time in prayer? Let your prayers match your problems because you are what you pray. Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. Pray about everything. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your praisers and your petitions shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it up all, friends, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, things noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God who makes everything work together will work in you his most excellent harmonies. That is Philippians. That is God's word. That is God's truth. That is God's scripture. It is time to destroy the doubt that is making you restless, that is making you numb, that is making you anxious. That is why depression is at an all-time high here in America. So many people are trying to do it in their own strength, and they're so busy looking at their doubts. Depression fuels doubt, and doubt fuels depression. It's a nasty cycle to get into. It is only when you flip open the blinds of this dark, depressed house that you've started living in in your mind, and you start looking and start changing your thought patterns, that you'll start changing your life patterns. That is when you start filling your mind with the truth to receive and experience Jesus deep, deep within yourself. 